Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. .edu/podcast Ready? I think I'm ready, yeah. What's up, Fungal Associates? Welcome to Completely Arbitrary, the podcast about trees and other related topics. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Alex Croson, and I'm alongside me. I'm Casey. <laughs> Hello everyone. Hey, Case. Hi Alex, I'm Casey. I'm here, a uh, host of Completely Arbitrary, the podcast. Excited for this episode. It's a good time to introduce ourselves, reintroduce ourselves. Yes, if this is your first time, this is completely arbitrary. We're a podcast about trees and other related topics. What we mostly focus on is the silliness of the world, along with some scientific facts. 70% of the time, what you hear from us, you can say to someone else with confidence Mm -hmm. as a fact. 30%. You you might want to Google. Yeah, Google. Just give it a quick, let me check that. Uh, this is what we do every week. This is about as good as it gets. This so. is as good as it gets, everyone. Goodbye, new listeners. We will see you later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Alex, today we're not going to lose any listeners. Today we are going to get a whole slew of new believers in this tree. Wow. Well, before we get into our tree, Casey, yes. a little hot off the press here. Exactly. Christmas we, just ended. We just we just <laughs> celebrated Christmas. I don't know what you were going to say. Why Sorry. did you jump ahead of me like that? I didn't know where you were going to go. That's Sometimes, where I was uh, going to go. Oh, you were. Yeah. Oh, usually I try to guess something random. I know you hate this, but I also enjoy mm-hmm. it. You're like, well, Casey, we have news. And then I usually try to say that's right. And then say some crazy absurd thing that makes no sense. Well, thanks for doing that, I guess. Dang but it. All right. Today, it was true. We <laughs> just had Christmas. Yes. You and I both celebrate. Uh. And we both had a we both had a good Christmas. Yeah, we sure did. Yeah, you spent some time with. Uh, it was a whole new kind of adventure, I think, for both of us. That's right. We had new traditions happen. Do you want to give a quick overview of your holiday? I will. My sister lives in Mill City. It's a very very tiny little town, way out in the middle of nowhere. And usually, uh, we would do the same thing that we've done since I was a small baby child. Mm. We'd always start at my mom's house. We'd go to my grandma's house, and we'd go to my aunt's house. Then we'd be done. That's a Go lot back of going. That's a lot of moving around. Yeah, it's a lot of moving around. It was. It was never. I think it was just like, well, we got to see every family on this day, and it was just an easy one, two, three kind mm-hmm. of thing. So uh, this year there was a huge snowstorm or ice storm, sure more specifically. Was. And so instead, uh, so my sister had this big crazy plan to drive an hour and a half in on uh, the 24th, see somebody, then go from there, wake up at my mom's house, then drive to my grandma's house at 10 o'clock in the morning, at 11 o'clock in the morning, drive down to Mill City, another hour and a half away, do something with her boyfriend's family, 
And then uh, they have a kid together, so they were all going to drive back over to my mom's house again, so it'd be like five hours of driving there and back again in two days. Mm. And then you meet over at my aunt's house, and it was just like a whirlwind. And Mm. I was like, you shouldn't do this. Everyone was like, you shouldn't do this. And she was like, I'm doing this. Wow. Then the ice storm happened, and she's like, I'm not doing that. (laughs) And so we ended up having a lovely, Mm. like, kind of a late morning, the latest of all the Christmases I've ever had. Usually get up really early. Mm. And as as an adult, I'm not as like, oh, yeah, get up at six in the morning and go down and open presents. Now I'm just kind of like, this is going to be fun. Yeah. I am okay with having a nice slow coffee morning, get some food, chill out. Then, of course, uh, we went over to my mom's house really quick, went to my grandma's, went to my aunt's, and everything was very well paced. Good. It was really nice. Got to spend it with family, give some gifts, got some gifts, had a nice prime rib dinner. Ooh, yum. Yeah, it was very good. It was very lovely. Wonderful case. Yeah, what about you? You want to share? Well, yeah, I do. I, okay. I, for the very first time in my life, I spent uh, Christmas with and Christmas Eve with my partner, Lily. Yes. Um, it was fantastic. I haven't, you know, I've I've... I've talked a little bit about on this show about uh. my mother passing away about six years ago, mm-hmm. um, right around Christmas. So I, I, for the last six years, I have not had great feelings toward the holiday. Yeah. Uh, and it's been very hard. And usually every Christmas I'm like miserable and panicky. And mm-hmm. uh, this Christmas was a huge exception to the rule. That's so good to hear. Um, I had a fantastic time. I spent it with Lily and her family. Um in, in their beautiful, like, lodge-like home mm. with their 20-foot Christmas tree. No oh joke. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Yeah, for real. It was. A, <sighs> I believe it was a noble fur. I don't even live in a place that has 20 feet ceilings. Right. This it, it. it was a huge fucking tree. That sounds awesome, though. Um, and it was just, like, so full of love, and we played games, and we had delicious German food. Yeah. Um, I, I felt like I grew closer to my partner and mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. Like, and ver- vice versa, and it was, it was just really nice being a part of this big, you know, happy, sweet family. Yeah, you know, I think I've, if I would have gone to Christmas with my family, it mm. would have just felt like I was repeating the same pattern, yeah. you know, and, like, not breaking out of that sort of, like, traumatic... Uh, pattern. Yeah. So yeah. doing something completely new, completely different with somebody who's very, very, very special to me yeah. was just like a fucking joy and I had a great time. That sounds lovely. It really does. Thank you. Yeah. The reason for too. the season. That's right, Casey. There is also a treason for the season and that treason today for our last episode of Treason's Eatings. Yes. That was a fantastic right. uh, segue I have to say, I kind I kind of bull rushed through it, but you, it, I you think did. It but I think that was okay. I, I really feel I feel good about it. Thank you very I much. Do. I really I, do. I feel okay. Okay. Today's tree is the quince. This is the quince. Everyone knew it. We told you about it already. That's right. But if you hadn't heard, we're doing the quince today. It's a fruit tree. <clears throat> very excited to get into it. There's yeah. there's a lot to talk about here, and there's a lot of kind of a sordid history yeah yes i don't think we're so i don't know if this has uh, a moral distaste morally distasteful history in fact it probably had a morally tasteful history alex interesting now before we get too far down this road i would like to read a poem may i yes however i was wondering if we could maybe trade stanzas oh so that i have something to do for the next two minutes in fact of course so here's what we'll do uh alex i think i'd like to start this episode by us reading a poem would you join me (laughs) i'd be pleased to casey wonderful uh shall i begin yes 
This is The Owl and the Pussycat by Edward Lear, written in 1870, published in 1870. The owl and the pussycat went to sea in a beautiful pea-green boat. They took some honey and plenty of money wrapped up in a five-pound note. The owl looked up at the stars above and sang to a small guitar, Oh, lovely pussy, oh, pussy, my love, what a beautiful pussy you are. You are, you are, what a beautiful pussy you are. <laughs> oh, my word. Pussy said to the owl, you elegant fowl, how charmingly sweet you sing. Oh, let us be married, too long we have tarried, but what shall we do for a ring? They sailed away for a year and a day to the land where the bong tree grows, and there in a wood a piggy wig stood with a ring at the end of his nose. His nose, his nose, with a ring at the end of his nose. Dear pig, are you willing to sell for one shilling? Your ring, said the piggy, I will. So they took it away and were married next day by the turkey who lives on the hill. They dined on mints and slices of quince, which they ate with a runcible spoon. And hand in hand on the edge of the sand, they danced by the light of the moon. The moon, the moon, they danced by the light of the moon. <sighs> Isn't that sweet? You know what a runcible spoon is? No, what is it? It's a spork. Oh, well, hey, that's pretty good. Do you know what a uh, what a bong tree is? Uh, a, a marijuana plant? <laughs> it's actually, it's not the plant. It's actually where the, the, the way you smoke marijuana plant, you have to go to another tree to get the bong. I see. Yeah, I, what is a bong tree? I actually, I had to look this up just because I was like, what is that? This is a tree podcast. We can't just leave that question unanswered. Of course. Apparently, it's Nothophebe umbrellifolia. Wow. Or, I'm sorry, umbellaflora. Okay. And it's an evergreen tree in the Loraceae family, uh, which is, uh, it grows in like the Vietnam kind of South uh, East Asian area, okay. from what I understand. Yeah. Um, there's very much not a lot of info on it. Well, we might have to change that and have an episode We might have on to it. change that. Welcome to Completely Arbitrary. Today's tree is the bong tree. <laughs> oh gross uh casey i can only assume that we read that poem for a reason because i needed to say oh lovely pussy oh pussy my love <laughs> three times it's going on my valentine card next year honestly the 1800s were a different time boy were they <laughs> this was a children's uh a children's poem yeah yeah uh, <laughs> i just i love it back then they're Either there was or there wasn't the same terminology. Either way, it's fun that back then they're like, oh, yeah, send this, send this poem to the children. I think there was the same terminology. I think this is yeah. probably a joke. You, uh, know? you like, think so? Yeah, I think mm. I think it's probably like maybe kids can get away with saying this thing. Oh, you know? I see. Um, oh, Mr. Edward Lear. That's you, that's my interpretation. You sneak. <laughs> Uh, no, Alex. What do you think? Why? Well, why did we read that? Well, I I happened to notice that the 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 pussy and the owl, owl, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 ate uh, for their wedding feast. They ate uh, mints. Yes, and which is is ground beef. I think so. Yeah, or any. I think ground I think, meat. Yeah, ground meat. Yeah, and uh, and slices of quince. And slices of quince. That's exactly right, Alex. And I feel that quince is maybe a little out of fashion today. It is. Um, I think yes. I've seen it in stores maybe like twice in my life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, um, right next to thirty varieties of apple. 
Oh my God, Alex! So well said, and and Very I believe well I believe it's a poem. No, uh, it is. It's a poem. Yes, okay, the, yeah. it, that was a poem that featured a poem. Very good, Casey. And you're exactly right. You're you're like you're spot on. It is. It's a fruit that in 1870 was well known enough, not only that you would know what it is. So right now, if I say quince to, you know, one out or for 10 people, I would be willing to bet that there's going to be like five don't know what a quince is. Sure. they, They couldn't imagine it in their brain. They couldn't pick one out of a lineup. So yeah, it's, it is, it's traditional back then to where if you were getting married, quince would be an important part of your marriage celebration. Okay, tra- like as a tradition, as, as a, a tradition. sort of uh, metaphor. Uh, exactly. Okay. So the 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 entire kind of mythologic history and actual history of the quince, the fruit, ended up having like this. Uh, how do I put this? Hmm. It was usurped, Alex. <gasps> a usurper among us. There's a usurper among us, and. It's everywhere. Is it? Is it Robert Baratheon? It is not Robert Baratheon. Oh, yes, phew. yes. I'm sorry. You, he's could, was he the usurper or was? Yeah. Did he also call someone else the usurper? Well, I guess, yeah. Any both of them would be. He 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 is a usurper. Dang. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's true. He okay. usurped the Mad King. That's right. And and anytime someone called him that, he would go into a rage. Yeah. Okay. I remember this. Don't say the word around Robert. Yeah. Don't, everyone, <laughs> ixne usurpie. Just keep that done. Yes. So there is a usurper among us. All right. That usurper, and I'm gonna just couch this really quickly, just because I just want to make sure that everyone's aware I am biased and I'm going to stand by my biases today. I'm talking about uh, my my belief in that there is a usurper among us, that that usurper has placed the quince into a similar spot as, how about this, Jon Snow, who is actually a Targaryen, but has been placed into this weird nether word of you actually don't matter everyone else is more important mm. and you suck and you know what i'm gonna stand on your shoulders and be the thing that everyone loves and cares about and no one's gonna even know your name who is the who is the uh usurper to john snow in that scenario character wise mm. oh character wise oh this is a hard one uh i guess it would be it would be probably robert baratheon because okay. John or uh, 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 the uh, the Starks hid away John so that he didn't get killed because that's also his nephew. Is that is that canon to the books? Oh no, it's not necessarily. Oh, it's the show. But everyone's pretty sure it's canon to the books. Oh right. But I'm not 100. percent I can't say yes. Okay. Maybe it'll change. George R R is you know out of this world, but basically. In our world now, uh-huh. the Jon Snow of fruit is the quince. Okay. And the Robert Baratheon, who is trying to find the Jon Snow of quince, or rather who's just trying to keep it down, the apple. I hate to fuck up your metaphor. Yeah, it's a bad metaphor. Should Daenerys Targaryen not be the quince? You know, that's a good question. <laughs> you know what? Casey's- you know, we, we're going to take our entire that was- we're going to take our entire thing away. I'm going to stick with Jon Snow. That was the most ponderous look I've ever seen you <laughs> I make. I really needed to think about it. 
our metaphor our metaphor sucks here no 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 we'll stick with Jon Snow it's very it's okay either way it's very challenging the reason being uh, and this is what we're going to talk about for the rest of the show once we talk about how to identify this whole thing yeah is that in history the the thing that we think of whenever anyone says apple Mm -hmm. probably in fact was a quince this is huge news it's huge news and now today we say to ourselves, oh, this, that, Apple, this, that, Apple. Yeah. When he was very likely actually a quince this whole time and has only recently been like exchanged. Its identity has shifted entirely and now we just completely forget about it. Yeah. So it's really like uh, if Jon Snow and the Targaryens were like hardcore, like they ruled everything Mm -hmm. and then something came in and basically slowly changed but there's a couple people who are smart about it and they're like, Jon Snow, you're not a real Targaryen and they just like just pushed them down, rewrote the entire history of the world took all the names out of it and now retranslated it. So instead of saying Targaryen, it actually is Baratheon or whatever it is. Right. So now, uh, this may seem, this may seem like a a far fetched idea, but what else are we here for? What else are we here for? Alex hit us. The apple has been translated into history as far back as you can imagine. And, that translation, the minor little translation errors are enough that now, whenever we think of the Garden of Eden, mm. when whether, whenever we think of uh, Hercules, whenever we think of Paris and what started Troy, that mythical, uh, the Battle of Troy, you yes. know, the Trojan Wars, mm-hmm. right now, when we look back, we think, Apple, it wasn't, it was a quince. Are you telling me that there is a long-standing historical and cultural conspiracy, a revisionist history to erase the quince from its important stature and replace it with the apple? Yes. More after the break. We'll be right back with Completely Arbitrary. What a great tease. Oh, people are going to freak out. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. That was the most country song you've ever sang. I believe that's the theme to Welcome Back, Cotter. Oh, I don't... That show with John Travolta. Ah, yeah. John Cotter, yeah, yeah, yeah. Johnny T. That's right, that's right. Well, Casey, we were talking about the quince. Yeah. And before we get into this big, sordid history nice let's imagine that you and i i know the cousin of the quince uh the apple it hails from kazakhstan yes which is like mid middle uh middle uh western asia yeah 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 that's fair so let's uh i'm assuming that the the quince grows there as well 
It does. It does. In fact, if the the quince is kind of the the southern the southern bell of this area uh-huh. in the Caucasus Mountains, and up further north and a little higher in the mountains are the malas, or apples. Okay, the ones that we think of as actual apples today. Okay, well, let's imagine that you and I are are strolling through the Caucasus, a couple of Caucasians, you and yeah, I. Yeah, there you go. And we come across some quince trees. Casey, let's ID this tree. Well, I'm glad you asked. So the first thing, I'm just going to put this out here right now. Wow. If we did stroll across it in this situation, likely it would be a shrub because they generally will create little thickets of themselves with little sprouts and like multiple stems and things like that. So they create this kind of like, uh, same thing as like a hawthorn. I was was about to say. See, you get it. You get it. I usually hate when people say, I was about to say, yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, well, yeah. But this is, in this case, it's very true. <laughs> I suppose as long as you don't, uh, you don't just like say, oh, yeah, you know, so that's, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not what I'm doing here. <laughs> okay. I was Excellent. going to suggest that it sounds like a Hawthorne. You are perfectly correct. Okay. Your suggestion, your intuition, spot on. Thank you so much. Of course. Uh, so that's what that's what they do. However, if we were to find them growing in a place where they were planted, generally you would find them as a single-stemmed small tree. Okay. Also somewhat a la a hawthorn, but I would say they're even shorter than a given hawthorn. Mm. Hawthorns may be about 20, 25 feet. You'd be like duly surprised if you saw 20 or 25 foot tall quince 15 maybe that's about it 15 pretty much yeah okay and if you go to a small apple tree exactly an orchard apple tree i would say exactly right an orchard apple tree but funny thing is you don't need to necessarily see uh you don't need to prune this to stay small apples if you give them a chance they can get up to 30 or 40 feet tall oh wow uh especially the the varieties we have now that have like big wood and they don't kind of uh re-sprout from a lot of things like crab apples would Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah a, a good malice a good apple tree in an orchard it'll if you just let it go and give it some time, it could be pretty huge. Okay. So this guy does not do that. Okay. It stays really kind of low and kind of wide. So it gets at least as wide in terms of a crown as it does get high. Okay. That's a good way to phrase that. Yeah. Uh, it goes over to where the bong trees are and it gets a mm. little higher. <laughs> um, but they're actually like, they're these really gorgeous trees. And if you get to, uh, if you go check out our website and go to our show notes, there's a thing that's uh, at the top of every one. We do the name of the plant, which in this case is the quince, Cydonia oblonga. Right. Cydonia which, oblonga. <laughs> of course we're going to be talking about Alex. Um, but, the thing is, uh, click on that link and it goes to Landscape Plants from Oregon State University. Yeah. And there's a beautiful, beautiful picture of one that's on the the campus there at Oregon State. And it's got three or four main stems that kind of come up and curl around. Like it looks like a fake kind of painting. Wow. And then it has this beautiful white flowered canopy with these very like brand new little lime green leaves that are just coming out and it just looks like this perfect little pillow of a canopy it looks very much like a dogwood it does it has a dogwood appearance from afar for sure an eastern flowering dogwood yes yeah either any one of them uh yes specifically you're right because that has more of that shape where it comes out but this one has the white flowers which is most common i should also correct myself more common to have a white one the pink ones are varieties that we've groomed right so it's just like this beautiful small tree that you can generally grow up and let it become a tree size kind of thing but like i said if you're finding it out in the woods you're likely going to see one that is 
more of a more of a, a hedge kind of uh, a bunch of sprouts and a little little kind of thicket of itself. Okay. So you get closer and you say, okay, it's beautiful. It has these alternately arranged leaves that are very apple-like. They are. They have a little bit of a, a rounded base. They're kind of simple. They have nice uh, at- entire margins. They don't have any real intense uh, um, uh, serrations, anything like that. A little bit of hair on the bottom, nothing too crazy, and they are very much darker green apple-like leaves on the top, a little bit lighter green underneath. They have that great thing that I love. Yeah. Their margins are like bright green. Yeah. And they, they, so they look like they have a little cartoon outline. They do, yeah. Honestly, I see them, uh, like they kind of fold up a little bit. Yeah. And when they're like really nice and happy and healthy. And that to me is what what does that. Like it, I don't even know if it, they, the color really changes I think it's just at, at that point, the color is like, it's like a little more see-through or it has like, instead of just the top and the bottom of a leaf, you now have that side of the leaf as well as it goes and like curls around from top to bottom. Which is kind of similar texture to the bottom texture and yeah, color. Yeah, exactly. So I think it just, it looks almost like it's, it's outlining glowing a little bit, right? They're really attractive leaves. Yeah, they really are. So they're fantastic little trees. Their leaves are generally, I would say, a little bit bigger than you'd expect for an apple. So that's one good way to take it apart. Um, but they have like a very classic, uh, you know, I, I, in fact, I'm going to say a very classical appearance, which I think is, I think is germane to our subject here. Very apt, Casey. Yeah. I, I want to talk about the bark because. Oh my God. I would, I would expect utility bark. You would expect. But. I would be so wrong. You'd be so wrong. This bark is gorgeous. It really is. It's got that great like um, camouflage look. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, that we see in has, what else? The like a, stewardia. Yes. Has bark like this. That's right. It's got stewardia bark. It does. It it has what everyone wants. Say the uh, the London plane tree to look like, but it's way nicer than the mm. London plane tree. It's very camouflage. I think that's a perfect descriptor for it. Yeah, like high fashion camouflage. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. with like you know ochres and yeah yellows and like yeah. you know kind of vi- all the earth tones you ever want also the more the morphology of i'm, I'm yeah this is my job now please the morphology <laughs> of it's very beautiful too it's got sort of this madrone-esque sort of sprawling yes. spirally thing yeah. going on it's not near as tall as madrone though so you gotta like you gotta like get up close to see it and be like oh there it is yeah like you can't you can't just be walking from afar and be like oh whatever i can see from here you gotta get up close you okay. gotta see it because they're not huge they're they're, they're medium sized to small trees and you have to walk right up next to them and then be like, wow. Yeah. Beautiful twisty limbs. I, yeah. I always love that. Exactly. Me too. And there's a couple trees that can grow like this. Uh, one that I think of is the uh, strawberry tree, which is uh, related to the Madrone. In fact, Arbutus mm. Anudo. And it also kind of has those really like sinewy looking uh, stems that look old when they're really small because they're so like wrinkly and large, yeah. but they're large for being a small tree which is always kind of a weird thing to Mm. say like you know you see a rhododendron and you're like oh my god that's a huge rhododendron it's dwarfed by every other tree that's like five years old right it's big for a shrub exactly so this is kind of big for a small tree is what we're looking at i see but yeah it is it's just like it's got this really interesting bark which is also very apple like apple if you get uh, a nice older apple it develops bark kind of similar to this okay but less colorful more just like different shades of gray it's definitely an old soul tree feels like it it's got got elements that i'm like this this tree is little 
and looks really young. Yeah. But it's got features of like an old, beautiful tree. It does. I think that's perfect. That's the exact High way class. to look at it. High class. You can find this on pottery, any dump in ancient Rome. Mm. Also, Alex, have you noticed the flowers? Yes, they're also very dogwood-like. They are. A lot of people actually plant quince for the flowers. Really? Specifically. Yeah, because uh, as we'll get into, the fruit is not eaten near as much as it used to be, uh, especially in more northern climes Mm. where, in fact, it's eaten very rarely as just a pop it off the tree, have a scarf. Yeah. They tend to be very, very sour fruit, but the flowers come out and they grow on the new growth, which is kind of an interesting thing. Usually, more commonly, I should say, if you are planting a um, any kind of thing, you're going to prune it so that it has new growth next year, does something next year, uh, during the summertime, a plant will put on all the buds for its next growing season. Right. Usually, that includes next year's flower buds, Mm. not the quince. The quince has zero flower buds on it the previous summer. Oh, wow. The new growth that starts the very spring, that is the stuff that then will go whoop and put out the flowers. Okay, so, so it's it's not it's a it's not a long term investor. It's just making stuff as it goes. Yeah, it kind of does, and that makes it so you can prune the heck out of it in the winter time, and then next year it'll have full blooms instead okay. of like an apple. An apple will set its flower buds year before. So if you prune it in the winter time, you could be cutting off all the flowers and all the apples right. that you could have in the future. Not so the quince. I have a word about you. You said they're they're not eating much, especially in northern climes. Yes, I, I have a theory about this. Please tell me. Well, they they the fruits grow and and are ripen in the f- fall, early winter. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so in order for a fruit to ripen and be delicious, yeah, it needs time on on its plant on the vine, right? Yeah. So. And before the frost sets in. Exactly. So they, they're probably picked early in those northern climes, so they're bitter and shitty. That's exactly right. Uh, but if you let them, if you let them mature. Yes, quite. They're going to probably have a completely different flavor. Oh, my God, Alex, you're so spot on. Like, I cannot, I, you, like, your finger is literally in the keyhole. It's exactly dun, dun, it. Dun, dun. Oh, it's on the pulse. Yeah, it's on the pulse. Thank you. In the keyhole. I was trying to think of a good metaphor and I couldn't come up with anything. This is a metaphor you heavy episode. You nailed it, episode. Casey. Thank you. I, man- I nailed it with my finger right on the head of the nail. It does. And that is, that's actually the thing. We should really just, we should forget everything else we could have even talked about. The quince fruit yeah, is let's do it. out of this world. So it looks like what you would imagine a pear is, but it is a pear that looks like it has the same thing that the humpback of Notre Dame had. <laughs> it is a pear wearing. It is an apple wearing a pear's clothing. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's a great. That's a great example. Or an yeah. apple wearing a, a a pear costume. Either one. A book that I read about it um, this morning, specifically called "Apples and Pears: Kissing Cousins," to go. the to the quince. So in this case, basically, what we're saying is apples, pears, and quince are just almost exactly. The same thing. They're very, very closely mm. related. They're the same kind of fruit. They are a poem, P-O-M-E, and they also share the same kind of morphology. Like they have this kind of awkward, lumpy, knobbly pear shape to them, 
which is looks like a pear, but also is just not pear-like enough yeah. that you'll be like, that's certainly a pear. You'll be like, man, that's the most messed up pear I've ever seen. It's like a pear you don't trust. Yeah. That, yes, exactly. That's totally it. It's got kind of a muscular look to it, it doesn't does. it? It does. Yeah, it kind of looks like a pear that you've like injected with a little bit of like yeah. uh, like hormone to make it like, you know, let's, let's get your pear. Let's it's get a little your roided. It's a roided? Yeah, this is a roided pear. Yeah. But, oh my God, it's like this... this kind of like a very very light yellow green as it starts to to really get uh mature mm-hmm. as it matures it becomes this this kind of like dark yellow and it just becomes more and more of a thorough yellow color yeah and it has this very very light dusting of pubescent hairs on it so it kind of is covered in fuzz like what you'd think a peach is like and it smells divine wow i can't express to you this is the best smelling fruit i've ever smelled that's a huge statement casey amazing i actually took some when like i i uh, last year the year before i found one and i just picked it and i was like yeah i'm just gonna keep it and i just set it like in my kitchen Mm -hmm. just to smell it all the time wow I didn't eat it because you have to do this, you know, a huge amount of preparation to get it to actually be uh, edible. If you like, you can't just pick it and eat it like an apple or a pear. Why not? You actually, it's way too astringent up here in our northern clime. Oh, just like you're saying, if you were growing it uh, in its native area, which we should note is from this area, Turkmenistan, Iran, uh, Turkestan, which is a part of Kazakhstan, all those lower areas is where it grows really well. And kind of like these lower plains that's a little bit hotter, mm-hmm. where historically, before people started breeding, apples did not grow. But the quince did uh-huh. grow. So if we're thinking thousands and thousands of years ago, let's say five or 6,000 years ago, and you're living in this area, you were planting and growing and eating quince, not apples. I'd like to say, before we move into the meat Oh, please, here, yes. I feel, because that's where I feel like we're moving. Almost. I just wanted to tell everyone where it was from. Okay. Where it grew. I want to say a word about the pubescence oh, please, of, this, Alex. of this fruit. The the immature, the, the adolescent fruit, yeah. rather. <laughs> yes. Uh, is so hairy. It is. It's. It looks like a little, like a, like a little, little fuzzy ball. Yes. Yeah. It, it's got so much fucking fur on it. As the fruit matures, it loses that and it becomes more of like peach fuzz. Yeah. But those those brand new fruit are so fucking hairy. They are. They're just like little. Yeah. You it, can like rub it. Is that? I mean, evolutionarily, is that to protect mm. from the elements? You know, I really am not um, 100% sure. I'm thinking of it in the be. same way that hair protects mammals, right? Yeah. It uh, might it might help. A lot of times, hairiness in, in uh, the floral world is a means of helping to keep moisture close to to whatever it is. Okay. So that might be a thing. But I also think, if I feel like this is mostly uh, not necessary because it's not grown in a place that requires a lot of uh, heat. Yeah. So I really, I really don't know. That's a very good question. It might be one of those outdated evolutionary things that was yeah. never like worked out of the gene pool. Yeah. It's like, eh, who cares? It's not causing any trouble. So yeah. it just kind of stayed along. Yeah. Yeah. Cause a lot of leaves do the same thing where they, when they're very young, they have a lot of pubescence on them. And then as they mature, mm. that kind of goes away. Okay. So I don't know hundred percent where that comes from. I'll this have is to look curious. Into this. Yeah. Very curious. Yeah. So Alex, we have to touch on something that I think is extremely important here, which is specifically the name of our plant. Now, this goes back a long ways. Uh, are you familiar with Cydonia? 
Um, I know the Knights. You better know the Knights of Cydonia. God, that's such a good. I I have shown that music video to several people recently uh-huh. uh, who had never seen it, and I was like, oh my god. Oh my god! It's so, a classic. It's yeah, extremely yeah. cool. We're gonna we're gonna put it on our show notes. It's one of the best music videos of all time. I, my I've I've you know my musical tastes have changed a lot. Sure, it's my my taste in general. Mm-hmm. Muse is almost like hilariously dramatic now. You <laughs> yeah, know, it's awesome. I used to think they were fucking cool, and now I'm like, oh, boy, oh these I guys, love them still. I think cringy. it's I think it's so good. <laughs> I think it's just so good. They're they are larger than life. Yes, that's, that's true. What I, that's I guess, what I love about it. I guess that's their thing. Yeah. He also has a very specific way of singing, like the way the guy writes all of his songs. Mm-hmm. So it's like, bleh, 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 bleh. Yeah. like, it's very like, everything is really drawn out, like yeah. an opera. Like there's no, he doesn't ever say things fast, you know, where he's like, like his lyrics are very like paintbrushes. Yeah. Strokes. That's a nice way of putting it, Case. Thank you. So uh, I got bad news though. This is not the Cydonia that we're talking about. Well, it's unfortunate. I know it's very unfortunate. It actually Cydonia is a city that's on the north shore of the island of Crete, which is now known as Cania. North Shore. That is actually the same name for Quince and for Cydonia. Cydonia oblonga is the scientific name. That comes from Cydonia being the place that these were named after, probably by the Romans initially. But it actually goes from uh, the the scientific name and the common name come from like ancient, uh, what was it? Uh, it comes from ancient French and then from there from ancient Latin and then from there from ancient Greek. And it all is oh, different wow. versions of like um, Catonia or Catonia Malum, which is like the Cydonian apple, which is a very important thing to remember that I just said that. Okay. So it actually has like this uh, this really fun like history of the name just kind of changing as the language changed. Yeah. But they both come from the same exact thing initially from way back in, in ancient Latin and ancient Greece. What what come from the same thing? Cydonia. Uh, and quince. And quince. Oh, so they're like the same word that split off a really long time ago? Yeah, because they would name it basically <clears throat> the apple of Cydonia. Okay. And so then that would be what they then soon called the 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 French term quince is the French plural of this other word. Oh. So now the the single is what we use. So now we use quince as the single and the plural or I think oh give me some of those quince. Also I could say give me that quince. I see. So it comes from this long line of of words just from, you know, essentially all the old languages that mixed together way back when. Very cool. So, uh it's a treat. Like we said, it's from the cradle of civilization, according to Western ideas of what civilization means, ah. which uh, th- these days essentially means the Middle East and like the Eastern Mediterranean. Mesopotamia. Exactly. That's exactly it. And it would grow very well in what the Romans called Mesopotamia, the mm. place between these two big rivers. So that is essentially... Iran and Turkmenistan and like these low valleys where they would initially create all sorts of, you know, different kinds of agriculture. Mm. This is one of those trees that was grown and planted in this area and then slowly but surely moved over to this land 
called Crete. And now when the Romans found it, they're like, oh, yes, it's the apple from Crete. And they just would call it that. I see. That's but very Western-centric of them. It's very <laughs> Western-centric. Those Romans, who would have thought? <laughs> it, so it ends up being this uh, this thing that thousands of years ago was way more known uh, than anything that we now call today the apple. Mm. So do you remember, I think we've touched on this a few times. Right now, we have this thing called corn. When I say corn, it's a very specific thing in your brain. Yes. It is not generic at all. Way back right. when, corn was actually a generic term for any kind of small grain. Sure. So we ended up kind of taking that name and applying it to a very specific thing and then everything else also got their own name other right. than grain. Now grain is the, you know, generic term. Mm -hmm. Apple is a good analogous to corn. Okay, where apple was a word that was used to apply to maybe pears, quince, yes, it uh, was other poems. It was essentially the term for the apple and the quince and any other kind of foreign fruit <clears throat> is what they would call it. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I know. I know that you know scholars of like theologians, scholars yeah. of the Bible specifically, uh -huh. mm -hmm. will say that when the Bible says. Uh, apple or whatever, like the yeah. new the new translation. Uh huh. What that really means is fruit. Alex, I'm so happy you said that. Oh, is this a transition accidentally? That is a perfect transition. <laughs> you had a, you had a wonderful smile on your face as I was saying. Because I was waiting for what you're going to say. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, this is the thing. So again, let's reiterate the mountains of Kazakhstan. That is where the apple comes from. Yeah. In the genus that we call today malice. malice. Okay. M a l u s. Damn straight. Now, you would grow the apple. It became very popular over time, but 2003, 4,000 years ago, it was not popular. When the Bible was written, when the ancient Greeks were doing their ancient Greek thing, apples, even if they were known, they would just be some weird foreign fruit that every now and then found its way into a market. The quinces of modern day. Exactly. The quince was the, oh yeah, everyone knows what that is. It grows everywhere. We plant it all mm. over the place. Everyone eats it. Then down in that warmer area where you have like these nice hot summers, the quince will actually get to full maturity on the tree and you can pick it off and eat it and has this very sweet taste. It's not astringent at all. So now- at this point in time, when the Bible was being written, they would be using a term that the Greeks used. Uh, rather, there was this Greek term that was used called melon, M-E-L-O-N. Okay. That described apples, it described quince, and all these other weird fruit. But not melons? Not melons at this point. Maybe okay. they did, maybe it was, but it was just any foreign fruit was melon. It was a generic term. Okay. It was a noun? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And melon and malice, <clears throat> malum, all come from the same root. Wow. So uh, that's where all the trickiness kind of starts to come in. So today, it means something very specific. Malice means apple. Apple is a very specific kind of fruit mm -hmm. that everyone is usually quite familiar with. A is for apple. As they say. B is for banana, of which I just ate one. Yeah, you get it. Anyway. We took a short break and I ate a banana. Yeah, we did. It was delicious. So here's the fun here's the fun thing, and this is where this is where I'm gonna lay out my my argument here. I love when you do this. Let's hear it. Okay, excellent. Thank you, Alex. Uh 
mythologically and historically speaking, <laughs> Casey is Casey is picarding with his fingers. Uh, yes, I am. It helps. It helps center my center my thoughts and get me uh, get me where I need to go. Okay, I'm sorry to I'm sorry to interrupt. That's okay. My fingers are still together, so my I'm still centered. After you, Captain. Yes, thank you, um, Mustache Man. What's the what's uh, Riker? Riker. Commander. He's got to go two. Go up. He's got to <laughs> yeah. go T. He's got three of them. He's got to go three. <laughs> he's got to go three. All right, Riker. Thank you. Now, when we reference apples, mm. Alex, specifically in all the literature, they say golden apples. Is that the case? That's the case. Not okay. all the literature, but in almost all the literature. Golden apples. Golden apples. So when we think about this, we take it literally. Mm. We're like, oh, yes, a golden apple. Because if something's golden, it's important. It's special. It's fancy. You can't just get it anywhere. I like where you're going. But an apple is, in this case, not referring to an apple it is the generic term translated years later through the term malice or malum or melon all the way through to now what it means today. So we translate and say, oh, oh, uh, whatever the word is for golden and malum, oh, it's golden apple. Oh, it was a golden apple. And we today have this idea of apples as a fruit. Great. It's an ancient fruit. We've been using it for a long time. And it was the fruit that was golden so it has like this special like ha oh, like imagine a painting with golden apples yeah, you know sure it's very very, very fairy tale esque exactly mythology esque it's so full of this logical and this is the thing when all these things were written the golden apple was talking about the golden apple from Sidonia the Quince. Hell exactly. yeah, dog. Let me give you some examples. Let's hear it. Uh, this is the Trojan War, and this is coming from a wonderful, um, the history of Quince that I found. Oh. And uh, it's a really, really thorough kind of review of all this and just kind of lays it all out. Wow, somebody wrote that. Somebody wrote that. It's a, it's. I think it's a. It's an extract from a, a larger book. It's actually kind of uh, hard to see, but we have a link to it in the, uh, um, in the, the, the show, show notes, notes on the website. Thank you. So, Eris, is the Greek goddess of strife. And in a foolish miscalculation, she was the only god not invited to the wedding of Peleus and Thetis. Oh, boy. Now, you know, you all know what happens next. <laughs> Understandably furious, which uh, I love. It's like, oh, yeah, totally. You're uh, pissed. I'd be pissed, too. Yeah, why would you not invite the Greek goddess of strife in to foolish, your wedding? you know, in like, you know, things like that? Yeah, you should do it. <laughs> The goddess of divorce yeah. wasn't hey, invited yeah. to our wedding. Oh, well, great. Yeah. So, of course, <laughs> that made everyone very upset. She barged into the wedding ceremony and threw down a fruit inscribed for the most beautiful. So, mm. the fruit uh, is described in this as a golden apple. Mm. A golden apple is a quince. Also, it's at a wedding. Quinces were the traditional things for weddings because of this story and because uh, way back when we didn't have as much hygiene as maybe you would expect that we should. Yeah. And because, remember how I was telling you quince smelled so good? Mm -hmm. When you cut it and like roasted it, it also got like ruby red. Ooh. Like the, the, the flesh kind of just got really dark red. That was all signs of like sexuality and fertility sure. and things like that. So it started uh, again with this story. Also, it had this this mythos mythos of having you know everything to do with love and fertility and that kind of thing. And when you smell it, it smells so good. Where they like, oh well, this must freshen your breath, and you rub it under your armpits, and you smell better. So it was like this. 
It was like this whole thing to make you feel beautiful and fresh for your wedding. In that order, please. In that order. Take a bite, rub it in your armpit. Take another bite, rub it in your other armpit. <laughs> so this golden apple was, uh, was certainly a quince. Now, Hera, Athena, and Aphrodite each claimed the fruit because, of course, remember, it said for the most beautiful. So all three of these Greek goddesses were like, oh, yeah, yeah that, that's me. Thank sure. you. Sure. Please give me my quince. To which the other said, yeah, right. That's mine. This is a classic setup. Classic. I feel like it I've is. read this so many times. Oh, my God. It's so good, isn't it? <clears throat> so, of course, then Zeus was like, I got to settle this. Everyone's upset. So he picked Paris of the famous house of uh, in Troy. I don't actually know his house. What's his last name? Do you know? France. Yeah, Paris, France. So Paris um, got uh, the the unenviable task of choosing which of the three of these Greek goddesses was in fact the most beautiful to whom the quince would be you know awarded. This is a lose lose for Paris. Yeah, a lose lose. There's no right answer here. Yeah. So there's well yeah actually this is kind of the fun thing. So. So Hera offered him empire. Athena guaranteed military glory because, of mm. course, she's the, the militaristic of the goddesses. That's right. And Aphrodite promised him the most beautiful woman in the world. Oh. At the time, Alex, do you know who the most beautiful woman in the world was? Helen. Helen of Troy. Wow. So Helen, sadly for Paris, uh, at the time was already married to Menelaus of Troy. Okay. So Paris was like, hey, yeah, that sounds great. You're mm. going to give me Helen of Troy? It sounds delightful. Oh, then Paris gave the fruit to Aphrodite. Aphrodite, in turn, helped him win Helen, thereby sparking the Trojan War and destroying his entire house. Wow. Paris, gone. <sighs> and his brother, gone. That's what you get for treating a woman like a trophy. Yeah. So anyway, the main result, of course, is that the quince has been regarded as Aphrodite's fruit. I see. So now it was given by Paris to her. She is the most beautiful. And it was like in Aphrodite's the goddess of love and fertility mm-hmm. and all these things. So it was the thing for love and marriage and all these things. So after this, it became the traditional fruit to have with your minces. You had your quinces at your wedding. If you are an owl and a pussy. <laughs> this is not where it ends, Alex. Uh, well, you, 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 you really missed, you really missed a great opportunity oh, there. Oh God, what did I miss? To say hobbitses. Oh, I should have. Your minces and your quinces with your hobbitses at <laughs> yeah. your hobbitses wedding. Hey, okay. I was going to say, are we eating the hobbitses at our wedding? No, we were at a hobbit wedding. Ah, we oh my a God. Hob- Imagine yeah. a hobbit wedding. Mm, that'd be a lot of fun. Holy shit. Yeah. How much beer would you think they consume at one of those weddings? Um, Sam can drink like a whole, a whole thing. So if, if there's like, maybe 300 attendees yeah and they have normal size barrels uh-huh. or do they have hobbit size barrels mm, i bet you they'd be hobbit sized yeah so maybe like three they're making them. or something yeah. okay so yeah hobbit size barrels 300 300 attendees i'm yeah. gonna say i think one barrel per attendee oh you think so yeah God, that's what they'd i think be, they'd fucking kill them mm, yeah maybe okay maybe like per three i'm gonna say 100 barrels okay yeah cover that. there you go okay yeah. great so 100 barrel wedding they're they're little guys. I mean, they're they're yeah, but they can they can slam down that lawn. They can throw it like back. Business. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. anyway, right. Alex, the next place that we're going is not in fact a wedding at all. It's related to Hercules. Hercules. Yes. Well, if you're Roman, isn't it Heracles? If you're uh, if you're Greek, it's Hercules, or is it Heracles? Opposite? Heracles. 
Romans Heracles, I believe. Okay, no. thank you. Uh, yes, that's true. Yeah. All right. Well, do you recall his 11th labor, Hercules? Uh, was it to give birth? <laughs> no, it was not to give birth this time. The 11th labor is he had to go get the golden apples from the Hesperides, I think is how you say this. Oh. Sorry if I'm saying it wrong. It looks like it's just spelled Hesperides, but I think it's Hesperides. Yes. It's Hes- like the, the three nymphs. That's right, yeah. Yeah. So he had to go do it. It's in this garden uh, that had this big wall around it. And it was uh, Hera's garden, I think. And she planted a quince tree mm. right in the very middle. And it was putting out golden apples. Now, again, in our modern telling of this story, we imagine some fantastical tree that was sprouting golden apples. And everyone's like, well, of course, the god Hera would have golden apples growing. Right. But at the time, when we're telling these stories, we wouldn't come up with some fantastical new kind of plant we would just use the cool one that's most sought after and delicious and smells good that Hera would hoard in the middle of her garden that all these gorgeous young fertile uh, nymphs would be around there's a quince tree in Hera's garden there's a quince tree the apples are literally what they called golden apples back then like they just say oh golden fruit and that is what Heracles Heracles Hercules. I don't think Heracles is. I don't think that you have any <laughs> actual idea, Alex. <laughs> As I look up and see your book of Greek myths. <laughs> You're uh, probably right. There's no pronunciations in there. Oh, there's not. Oh, that's great. I don't Perfect. So. Well, that's uh, the golden apples. It wasn't some fantastical tree that produces apples that are golden of some kind. Yeah. They were literally quince. Wow, Casey. And the last one to which you referenced earlier. Hmm, what did I reference earlier? You referenced the story of Genesis written by... God. God. (laughs) As transcribed by... Yeah. uh, It has transcribed by King James. Mm. Um, So (laughs) you, you did note, and we have talked about this before, we talked about the, um, uh, the, 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 the quintessential apple that was plucked by Eve that was then provided to Adam and the fall of man precipitated thereafter. Yes. Can I go back one second? Yeah. Quintessential. Oh, Alex, I should have known. Quintessential. Did you see my eyebrows go up? <laughs> Did. Quintessential. It's hard to say. Quintessential. Quintessential. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so you, you call the story, don't you? Yes. Yes. Why don't I, I, you know, I haven't read the Bible or any part of it since middle school. So why yeah. don't you go? Why don't you take this one? Well, I, the quick version. Oh, is... I wish Louis was here. Louis's a Louis has a a, a degree in oh god biblical like, studies. Oh, that would be yeah, that'd be perfect. He'd okay. be the guy to talk to. Yeah, yeah. Send us a message, Louis. We want to hear it. We'll dub it in. We love you, Lou. So here's the here's the the real quick and easy thing is that there was this tree that had the forbidden fruit on it. You were not allowed to eat it. It was the tree, and this is very important of good and evil. So is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm. Now the Latin for good and evil is bonum and malum. M-A-L-U-M. Now, in the Middle East, in biblical times, there's been confusion between the Latin words of malum, or rather malum, an apple, and malum, an evil. Literally, the spelling is exactly the same, yeah. except the A in apple has a line over the top of it, mm. which I don't, I think that maybe is malum. Yeah, and it's then, long, it means it's a long vowel. Yeah, and then for evil has a little U on the top of it, which I think makes it 
malum. So okay. malum versus malum. Wow. Now, we've, as time have, has gone down, we've started to writing those the same M-A-U-L-M. Sure. So a malum is an apple. It also is an evil. So evil and apple got put together. But apple, Alex, is a generic term. So back then, it was probably an evil that was also an apple. That is also generally a general term for something that is not, in fact, an actual apple because you may not know this, when this section of the Bible was written, as we've noted before, the apple, A-P-P-L-E, that grows from Kazakhstan, was not known to these people who wrote it in Jerusalem. Therefore, it must be a different thing. Like a quince. Casey, this feels like groundbreaking news. I, I should, we, should we use this episode when we apply for our Webby? I think we should, yeah. Everyone's going to be like, oh my God. So there's no, you know, wow. very specifically, the fruit is not actually identified. They just say they pick the fruit right. from the tree of good and evil. And the good, bonum, evil, malum, malum, malice, mal, ah, ah, apple. That's how we've begun to say, oh, it must be an apple. And now we have all this imagery of this woman, Eve, picking a fruit that she would have picked and been like, what the hell is this? Like, it, 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 it is nonsensical. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, there you go. You have the Trojan War. You have Aphrodite's fruit. You have Hercules finding these things. You find this whole thing in history. And everyone thinks that back then, it is as it is today, where the most common thing <laughs> that everyone loves are apples. Back then, they didn't exist. It's just this mistranslation over thousands of years of a generic term that has become a specific term that means something that back then it didn't mean. This is huge. Now everyone thinks that the apple has played this massive role in history when in fact, it's our long lost Jon Snow of fruit, the quince. I'm going to save the bulk of my opinion here for my review after the break. I think that's fair. But I want to say something. Please. This, I feel like Gandalf right now. I know we talked about Game of Thrones. I'm, I'm mixing in a little, little Lord of Rings. Well, we did talk. Yeah, we got a little bit of Hobbit in there. (laughs) I just said Lord of Rings. Yeah, Lord of Rings. (laughs) Game of Thrones, Lord of Rings. Uh, You know, when, when Gandalf goes to the Citadel. Yeah. To uh, to learn up on the One Ring, yeah, and yeah. he discovers that Frodo is in possession of the One Ring, yeah. That's a bit how I feel as a tree podcaster, discovering that the Quince is actually a part of all these stories. When we oh. this whole time we thought it was an apple, we thought it was an apple. And with that, <sighs> we'll send it to a break, but we will be right back with our review of the mighty mighty Quince. Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. That was our discussion of the quince. The uh, poor thing. The yeah. poor thing. What a wild story, Case. And, um, you know, as we do every episode, we're going to give this bad boy a review. I think we sure should. Here's how it works. We're going to give some final thoughts on this 
fruit tree, this misunderstood genius. Yeah. This uh, legend that has been erased from history. Exactly. And then give it a rating of zero to 10 golden poems of honor for our Treasons Eating series. Casey, as our resident theologian. Ah, thank you. We will begin with you. I have one more story I'd like to provide. Is this a part of your review? It is. This is a story that comes from the Greek poet uh, Callimachus. Okay. Specifically, this is a an epitome of of this, which is not the actual whole poem. I believe that's lost. This is just the epitome of it. Okay. So, it goes like this. Uh, seeing his beloved in the courtyard of the temple of Aphrodite, Acontius plucks a quince from the orchard of Aphrodite, mm. inscribes in its skin, and furtively rolls it at the feet of her illiterate nurse, whose curiosity is piqued. So, she picks it up. However, she's illiterate. So, she hands it to the girl, Acontius's beloved. Mm. And she reads it aloud. The girl finds herself saying, quote, I swear by Aphrodite that I will marry Acontius. <gasps> and a vow thus spoken in the goddess's temenos cannot be broken. Idiot says what? It's that she basically <laughs> got tricked. Isn't that so good? Idiot says what? <laughs> yes, it's exactly it. Oh wow. My God. So, uh, yeah, so she ended up having to marry Acontius because that fruit was so, so intensely uh, had to do with sex and love yeah. and all these different things. So it's the metaphor of the quince is so intense. And when you actually pull that thing off when it's ripe and you smell it, you don't even need to like taste it. You just have it and you're like, mm. oh my God. It you it totally makes sense. Like if you get an apple and you smell an apple, it doesn't smell like anything. If you cut it and then you smell it, yeah, okay, then you can get some, you know, oh, some flavor, right? You're talking the actual the, the outside actu- of the fruit. The, the actual outside mm. of the fruit. You just pull it off the tree, you pull it down from the tree and you just smell it. You yeah. don't even have to take it off the tree. It's insane, Alex. Wow. So that makes so much more sense as to like you, you take the apple out of everything and you put the quince in yeah. and all of a sudden all of the mechanics work correctly. Mm. It's like it fits in every single thing that you read that says anything about apples or golden apples or anything like that from way back when. So the quince as a tree so full of mythic history forgotten just forgotten yeah it is barely there if you look it up and you google it you can find things about it you know but uh way back when they would give it to you during uh, your wedding you would eat it if you're trying to get sexy before your lady comes over you would roll it into courtyards and trick uh servants to giving it to their beloved so you can you know and get them you know even when you google quince the first thing that comes up is like a brand called quince oh my god really yeah i bet you that wouldn't happen with apple yeah exactly see so apple this is why i use john snow's metaphor the joke is that it would because apple is a huge brand what oh dude alex you gotta forgive me sometimes i literally winks at you (laughs) i know but i i thought you were just making a a specific comment being that apples are so well known that it Damn it. <laughs> My brain just thought you were talking about apples this whole time. I did Yeah, I didn't uh um, right. I missed that entirely. Continue. Like that that went that didn't even go over my head. That that smashed on my face. All right, fair enough. Sorry, sorry. No, I'm sorry. <clears throat> no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, I'm sorry. uh go get fine. I forgive you. I wait a minute. <laughs> so as it happens, the quince as a tree uh Underplanted, 
I think everyone should be planting them because they can grow like trees, but they're not really, really, really intense trees. So you can have a small little thing. Not to mention, yeah, wow. did you know that most pears today that we call pyrus pears actually are grown on quince rootstock? I did know this. So all of a sudden, you get even more of a of a of a shit deal for them where they used to be the thing. Yeah. Everyone was like, oh, I'm going to get married. I better get a quince. A pair is just standing on the shoulders of giants. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And no one knows it. No one even wow. cares. No one even pays attention. Wow. No one even knows where it came from. So I have a big spot in my heart for the quince. Yeah. I think it's a delightful, delightful little teeny tiny tree. I think it should be in every Harris garden, every Aphrodite's garden, yeah. and every your garden. I think it's a delightful tree, even if you don't pick it and eat it, because you have to do a whole bunch of like, uh, you basically turn it into like this jelly. They call it cheese of quince. Wow. Yeah. And it's like this, it looks like a big thing of gelatin and you would like cut it up into squares and then like eat it okay. or you make it into like preserves and jams and jellies sure. but you have to add in all the sugar because when yeah. we pick them up here they're just not that good okay so if you're in the like southern california the mediterranean and you you get an opportunity you should totally plant a quince if you're up here you consider planting a quince if you're in a more northern climb because they smell so good as a tree Honestly, it's kind of not that great important as a tree. As a mythological thing that grows a fruit, high marks, yeah. high marks. So uh, because I'm true to myself as a theologian, I'm going to give it a 7.5. As a dendrologist, 6.1. I know it's not really a tree. It's not, it's not a great tree. It's underplanted. It should be planted. It's not going to cover your house. It's not going to be really great, but it's going to grow these little things. And it can be a fruit tree that grows fruit, but not because you have to eat the fruit. You can grow it because it's cool to have a mythical tree growing in your yard next to other bigger trees. So I think, Alex, I can tell by your silence you're upset. I'm going to rate this tree a mix between my dendrological 6.1 and my theological 7.5 and give it a 7.4. Right in the middle. Perfect average. (laughs) 7.4 golden poems of honor. 7.4. Now I I hear in your voice that you're upset with that. Tiny but, bit, but your your poems are your own. Thank and, you, and remember, there's a bunch um, of people out there who hate me because of how I feel about apples. So um, this is going to be an even worse day for them, and I'm it, sorry. If I have some solace, it's that I get to give my review now. Yes, that this is the most important thing, Alex, as our resident expert on all things mythic. What do you think about the golden apple? I should note whenever I now say golden apple, there's a there's a hyphen. Oh, wow. That's how we're solving this problem. Very good. <sighs> Alex is getting up. He's walking. Now he looks pacing. He looks like he's got a really intense, a really intense uh, mount. He, like something's weighing on him. Like if this was a Quentin Tarantino movie, he'd come over and punch me or he'd shoot me from right there. I hope he doesn't do that. Oh, God. Okay. It's fine. It's fine. It was just a finger. He's sitting down. He's breathing. You can hear this. He put his headphones on backwards. The quince. I love 
a mythological tree. Okay. Two of my favorite trees that we've covered on this show are the pomegranate. Yeah. And the hawthorn. Yes. Both are very closely related to myth and magic. Yep. I love myth and magic. Mm. I had no idea that the quince was sort of this underground, like this rat king, you know, this, this buried legend. Yeah. Yeah. Like dust it off. What is this? The quince? Quinky? And as, as we were telling all these stories, I'm like, holy shit, this is like up there with the pomegranate. Yeah. And I believe I gave the pomegranate 10 golden cones of honor. I don't. Did I not? I, I don't think you did. I gave it in the nines. You gave, you gave it a high score for sure. I would be totally untrue to myself mm. to not give the quince a comparative score. Wow. And since I think there's a lot of things at play, the mythology, the magic, the sort of underdog aspect, which I love, yeah. love an underdog. Yeah. Um, it's sort of unpaid dues, you know? Yeah. Oh, you mean like, like it deserves, it deserves a reputation and it currently has none. And Casey, this is our last episode of 2022. Sis, that's right. And I kind of feel like using my executive power and going out with a bang, I'm going to give the quince 10 golden poems of honor. You're kidding me. I am not kidding you. Alex, I I am blown away. Yeah, there you I go. I had no idea that you that you could even feel this way. I feel this way. Even at that I'm speechless. It's true. And I'll tell you but I'll tell you this too. You you give it an arborist score that's lower than your sort of like cultural yeah. score, you know? Okay. I give it an arborist score right up there. It's a beautiful little tree. It looks like a dogwood, but it grows a delicious legendary fruit. Okay. It's got beautiful little white flowers. Oh my it's, god. It's got stewardia bark. It's got madrone t- twists and curves. That's true. Ooh, look at her. She's curvy. It's true. It's you know what I'm saying? I do. I know. This what you're thing saying. is a hit. I, I feel you. I what feel the fuck ya. are you thinking? <laughs> it's you know what, Alex, you're right. I feel you here. And I I just I have to I have to stick with it. I can I know, take this. I know. I'm not trying to get you to revise take your it. score. Listen. I'm going to take it. Oh, you're such a hero. I thank you. Thank you. I am. Everyone, <laughs> I, I'm I'm doing this for you. For everyone else in the world who's like, not a 10. <sighs> I don't care. I am stunned. I think you've given 10s to at least three or four different fruit trees. This has got to be one of them. I love, well, I love fruit This is chocolate and peach. Uh, mm-hmm. And then now the quince. And, and the mango. The mango. Yeah. That is, we know that this is, we're starting to get some actual data here with knowing how we score things. That is, you can see what's important to me. You can see what's important to each (laughs) of us. Chocolate and fruit. (laughs) Chocolate. Oh my God. Yeah, there you go. 10 golden poems of honor. Proudly, I give it my stump of approval. You sing it, Alex. Yeah, the once in future Quing. Casey, (laughs) that was our review of the Quince. It's time for a game. This is a new one. Let's do it. For our last episode of the year, we have a fun new game that I think should be kind of cool. This game is called First Tree, Last Tree. Here's how it works. 
I will name a tree, either scientific or common. Okay. You will then take the last letter of that tree, of that tree's name, okay. and think of a tree that begins with that letter. Yes. Okay. I, I will then take the last letter of that tree and think of a tree that begins with that letter. I see. And we'll just go back and forth kind of in a, at a good, yeah. a good, as fast as we can okay. and see how long we can go naming these trees. All right. I'm going to try to do scientific names. Well, that's fine, but you can also use common if it comes all down right, to all it. All right, that I'll probably good. use mostly common. Yeah, I was, okay, okay, okay. So, yeah. I just thought about it, like, how can I really challenge myself? But I think this game is going to be challenging nonetheless. I think so too, Case. All right, Alex, give me 30 seconds on the clock. <laughs> We're not going to set a timer. <laughs> Here we go, Casey. Are okay. you ready? Let's do it. My first tree. Okay. Dogwood. Dogwood. I'm going to say... Dios Pyros Virginiana. I am going to say Arborvita. That ends with an E, which is going to be an Elm. (laughs) (laughs) Malice. (gasps) Malice. Okay, S. Uh, I'm not supposed to say that, am I? Shagbark Hickory. Yellow Pine. English... Laurel. Lodgepole pine. Oh. European beach. Hickory. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Well, okay. Let me, no, let me think of a different one. You already said hickory. I, d- I said shag bark hickory. Yeah. Okay. Hickory. Okay, is there anyone screaming out there being like, this one? Yeah. I bet you there is. Okay, uh, you... White bark pine. Oh, okay. All right. All these E's are really hard. Yeah, Alex. sorry, sorry. Okay, E. Um, European shit. larch. I already said European beach. Can uh, I use European over tree. again? Yeah, European of course. European larch. Hell yeah. All right. Scratch that from the record. Oh no, another H. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this is really stretching my brain right now. Himalayan short bark. That's not a tree. <laughs> All right, I lose that round. Wow, okay. All right, one for me. Shit, this is hard. We can't use any of those same trees. Okay, now you All start. Right. I got to think of an E. That's what I really need is to think of at least one more E thing. Yeah, there's a lot of E's for pine. Yeah, exactly. All right. All right, I am going to start with Camisiparis lasoniana. Apple. Mm, all right. Which is different from malice. It's different from malice. That is true. I'm going to say English... Hawthorn. Did I already say that? That ends with an E or an N? N. Can you think of an N? An N? Nothotholithocarpus densiflorus. Well, the, the okay. tan bark. Or I can't do that. Tan oak. <laughs> N. N. Northern white pine. Wow. I don't think that quite counts, but I'll give it to you. Why? Uh, there's an eastern and a eastern western, but not pine. a northern and a southern. Northern. Oh, uh, northern. Isn't there a northern there's, something? Yeah, there is. Nor, northern. Um, ce- northern. Northern white cedar. Northern white cedar. All right, that's fine. Isn't that? Yeah. A, isn't that a? a yeah, we would say eastern white cedar. I Fuck. think. But northern, either way, I think works. I'm fine with that. All right, northern white cedar. Oh, okay, that white cedar ends with an R. Romnus persiana. All these A's. Yeah, it's a buckthorn. Um, Atlas Cedar. Yeah! All right. S, uh, that ends with an R as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Um, Rainbow Wood. 
Wow. Hey, there we go. Very good. D. Deodar Cedar. Oh, man. All right. Do you think we can get all the cedars? Probably. Okay. Didn't you already say Himalayan? You might have. Uh, that was a made-up tree. Oh, what? Himalayan cedar? No, yeah. it wasn't. That's a real tree. No, I said Himalayan like uh, Shore pine. Oh, yeah, yeah short bark. Oh, it's a short bark pine. Yeah, that's how I lost Bark's the last round. Long. Okay, all right. Deodar right. cedar. Deodar cedar. Okay, it's an R. That's going to be a Royal Stewardia. Royal Stewardia? I don't know if that's a real one. You lose this round. Fuck, come on. How do I lose that? Royal? Isn't there royal something? Ooh, Polonia? I think that's like Royal Polonia. Okay. Oh, shoot. All right. All right. All right, my turn. My turn to start. One to one. First one to two rounds wins. It is Royal Polonia. What a fool. Close. Case. Okay, first one to win two. Okay, so this is this is, this is is it. This is for all the marbles. Yep. This is universe point. Japanese maple. Japanese maple. Okay, this is going to be a... Uh, European white birch. Nice. H again. Hesperidia. <laughs> is that is that a genus? No. <laughs> what am I thinking? Uh, that is the name of a fruit. Uh, Hes- Hesperidian uh-huh. is the like an orange or a, 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 some kind of fruit that has that big husk on the outside. Horse chestnut. Horse chestnut. That counts. Um, horse chestnut. Suga. Wow. Chinensis. I roll my eyes at you, sir. Please. <laughs> Chinensis. Yes. Sugar maple. Oh, okay. With another E. Yeah, sorry. It's okay. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do this. E is for cookie. English walnut. Yes. Nice. Texas Hold'em. Casey, you win first tree, last tree. Honestly, that was way harder than I expected. Like yeah, it's it's hard to think on the spot like that. Well, that was a that was a good first try at that new game. Yeah, it's we'll have to curious. play it more in the in the new year. Yeah, you, I would love to do love it that. again with a different category. Oh yeah, you well, know, like tree terms or something. Ooh, or, that'd or, be um, hard. Yeah. Scottish botanists. Oh God. <laughs> oh geez. Well, that was first tree, last tree, Casey. I would like to introduce a new tradition. Oh my gosh, this yes. is a surprise to you. Okay, yeah. Instead of doing a Q&A, okay. this being our very last episode of the year, okay. I would like to do a, do a short reflection and um, projection huh. into the next year. All right. How you think this year went for Completely Arbitrary and what you're looking forward to next year. Uh, and I'd like to make this addition every every last episode of the year. I see. All right. Well, starting today, uh, a lot of times uh, my my crews would call this a rosebud thorn. Yes, right. So, yes, we can we can do a, uh, a rose family flower, a Cydonia flower, thorn, bud. I think <laughs> perfect comedic timing. Thank you. I am brilliant. They say 
So what do you think, Case? What, right. what was what was your rose? What was your rose this year? Your thorn, and what do you think is going to be your rose next year? Well, I think my my rose this year, I think certainly must be the the road trip in the adventure that uh, I was uh, lucky enough to be able to go on in uh, the earlier spring. Oh yes, that was uh, something I've never been able to do. Uh, that was huge. Being someone who works uh, for a living, mm-hmm. uh, but then you and I creating the show gave me the opportunity to discuss with you this possibility, and yeah. you were gracious enough to say i will support you on this let's make it happen and that was spectacular i spent what just over two months driving around doing a bunch of cool things yeah and you kept the the home front cooking and we had used a lot of our time before that to put together all the shows through that Mm -hmm. uh that was really great i thought that was something uh really special not a lot of people can do that and so it's nice to be able to uh you know how some people start working and doing something and then they they kind of like complain that they're doing something but them working their new job means they can't do something else or yeah maybe someone um always says they want to do something but never actually do it even if they have the opportunity yeah this was a situation where it was like i we've made this opportunity for ourselves i must take it mm-hmm. and and we took it and i've never done something like that i would really love to do something like that again sometime yeah i, I was very happy it. for you that yeah. you got to do that finally so i think that for me was certainly my my uh, quince flower, yeah. Oh, your quince flower. Thank what you. What about your what about your your my quince thorn, rose family thorn. Yes, my rose family your umbrella thorn. thorn. Yes, I should know that the quince is in the rose family, of course. Uh, it is. I think the thorn, the thorn this year would be. I feel like growing pains might be the best term for it, mm. where you and I have have put a lot of effort into you know building up what is essentially a small business, selling things and getting things moving forward, mm-hmm. um, which has been really great. But the I think the the issue with that is that uh, we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. I think is that so we're trying to learn we're and there. yeah we're reaching out to our networks and trying to become you know a really really solid program and mm-hmm. trying to put out a bunch of stuff and it's just been a, a bumpy road I think trying to really get ourselves to that next level and find well what works for us what works for you guys what does everyone want to hear what do we have the bandwidth to produce and you know all that kind of thing yeah so we're working on that still to this day and I think that would be the thorn which I don't know that's not really a bad thorn it's just you know growing pains of trying to trying to be successful at doing your your passion and you know make that something that you can do sustainably yeah that's what i think that that would that's something that we've had a lot of not trouble but it's been a big thing that we're constantly working on I, and it would, it'd be nice to be past that i would i would call that like the balance between what we want to do and what we can do yeah i think that's what fair. we know how to do yeah and we're we're just at a point where we could either like double down and go really hard or kind of stay at where we're at. Mm-hmm. And I think both of us are trying to think about how to double down, but yeah. we're also kind of like, but doubling down means so much more work that I may not be able to do all the time. So it's nice to be able to have that, you know, be able to move there and, but also be able to say no if we need to, but I think we don't want to say no. No. I, yeah. We want to like keep going these things. So it's also a, a lot of trouble trying to learn what it is to be, you know, a successful artist, you know, mm. and you know, how do you, how do I get out to all of you people out there listening? Um, how do I get, um, other completely arbitrary things out in the world without being a publisher, without having, you know, all the skills in the world. I know trees really well, Alex, this podcast wouldn't exist without you knowing all those other things that make shows happen, <laughs> you know? 
So it's just figuring out what I can do, what uh, I can't, what you can, what you can, and yeah. what we need to do to have other good people come and help us. Yeah. So Wonderful. that's, I think, yeah, we're working on it. Uh, my bud is getting to the other side of that. Yeah. Next year, uh, we've put a lot of things in place that are just starting to pay dividends. And I don't mean this in a, uh, we've been investing in a strict sense, but in the metaphorical sense where we have been investing in what we can do in the future in terms of systems and getting things in place and trying to come up with new ideas and kind of new new media to put out. And so I'm really looking forward to that. I think I- we're... We're at a good jumping off point. Yeah, for sure we are. And I, I, I have a I I hope it's not too much I mean, maybe we shouldn't even say this, but there is a particularly big pulsating bud yeah. that you and I are very excited about right now that We're could on. lead to pretty incredible things. Exactly. Uh, for you, for me, for this podcast. But we don't obviously we we don't want to talk about it. Yeah, we'll tell you when it actually happens. Yeah, if it, if and when it happens, but it's it's a big deal and it's a big deal. That would be my bud as well, Casey. Mm-hmm. That that big bud. Yeah, I'm you also, know the one I'm talking about. I know the one you're talking about. Um, are we? Can we do? Are we doing personal Rosenthorn or business Rosenthorn? Oh, I kind I of guess, imagined. Yeah, arbitrary Rosenthorn. Uh, that's this was yeah arbitrary. Okay. You know, this was related to the podcast okay. specifically. Yes, I think yes, for yes. me, you okay. can do you can do either. I I, I don't mind. So my arbitrary rose this year. It's it is a joy and a privilege and an honor to have a job that allows me to do a bunch of other stuff too. Mm. You feel the same way. I do. To be given the time to like make music mostly mm-hmm. and have a social life and yeah. a, now ro- you know romantic life. Oh, <laughs> just saying. Wow. Humble, humble brag. Humble brag. <laughs> I have like six lives. <laughs> I'm almost a cat. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just like, it's a, it's such a, I feel so fortunate and um, uh, grateful for yeah. the life that you and I have have built for ourselves. Yeah, it, it is really nice. It's great. That's my rose. It's just yeah. that, that continued thing. The continued support and community of, you know, being able to do this and other things. Of course. Yeah. I mean, we, we owe it literally all to anybody who's listening to yeah, this. Best. Um, but you know, you and I did a lot, <laughs> you and I have worked really hard for this. Yeah, we really have. Uh, my thorn was probably, I think I, I think I don't want to just ape you, but I think that the, the growing pains are def- We We both have felt them a lot. Uh-huh. There's so much that we don't know and that confuses us, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, we don't necessarily, I mean, you can Google anything, but also like you can't get every answer, every question answered from Google. Yeah. Also, there's 6,000 answers to every question. Yeah. So you never know which one is the best. Yeah. For you, you know, and, yeah. and I think that's part, part of what we're learning is that this, there is no formula mm. for this. Mm-hmm. It's like. You kind, we kind of have to make our own answers for yeah, a lot of this stuff. I think he's right. So my yeah, then my bud is my bud is that that big cool uh, exciting opportunity that we possibly have coming up. Yeah, uh, that you and I are very excited about. And I just want to say, I, I I hope this is okay to say, my personal rose this year mm-hmm. besides making my EP is uh, meeting my partner, Lily. Oh, that's perfect to say. She's just the most wonderful person in the world. That's a fantastic rose to have. Yes. Quince flower. Wait, what is that song? Uh, I can pay you to a kiss from a rose on the grave. 
Anyway, this has been completely arbitrary. Thanks, <laughs> what a way to end the Sing year. Sing us huh? out, Alex. Sing us out. <laughs> Damn it. Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah, thank It'll you. It'll be coming in mere days. Yeah, thank you so much for listening um, and being so supportive and giving Casey and I a platform to bullshit about trees and sharing with your friends. That's like hugely important and people you yeah. know and social media and all that shit and, and just uh, having our backs. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the best way to describe it. Yeah. You guys have been there this whole time. You will be there at the next turn and we will also be there, which is very exciting. Yeah. So if you guys, each of this show, or personally, have a rosebud thorn, send it our way. Yeah. Arbitrarypod at gmail.com. Best place to find us. And we hope you look forward to a full new year of this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we already spent our uh, our bonus episode when we were all sick, so there's no break. You, you get a brand new episode <laughs> starting at the very beginning of the year. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this year of Completely Arbitrary. We'll see you next year. Bye. Au revoir. Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp. Our artwork is by Jillian Barthold, and our music is by Aves and the Mini Vandals. And you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash arbitrarypod. And find additional readings at completelyarbitrary.com. Thanks for listening.